in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Last week, we began a sermon series on the four vital signs of the faith. And last week, we talked about our relationship with God and our call to make time for prayer and make time for worship. This week, we're turning to the second vital sign of our faith, one of the natural results of a rich and vibrant relationship with God is that we become increasingly generous. We understand our call to give. Now this is not a stewardship sermon. I know I see some people in the back moving towards the doors, but <laughs> we're not going to pass out pledge cards. We're not going to ask you to make commitments today. We're instead thinking about the vital signs of our faith. And it's important to understand that the call to give is not only about our money. So how do you give your time away? Do you spend time feeding the hungry or helping improve adult literacy? How do you give of yourself? Do you share your wisdom and your experience and your insights? And also it's worth considering, how do you give of your money? Do you give regularly? Do you give sacrificially. C.S. Lewis said we should give until it pinches. Do you, do you, in other words, feel your giving when you look at your budget? Since all of us were very young and probably in preschool, we've been told about how important it is to give and to be generous with our time and our money and our stuff. So my question is if we've heard this same message again and again, why can't we do it? Why do we struggle with generosity? I think it starts in large part with fear. We do live in a world with so much fear, fear about inflation and the stock market and recession and monkeypox and Ukraine and Russia and China. And our culture tells us that if we buy enough stuff, if we have enough money, we can make ourselves safe, we can make ourselves secure, we can overcome this fear through our stuff. We even use the term financial security. You see, fear paralyzes generosity, fear that we won't have enough, or fear that we won't be able to retire with dignity, or fear that we'll miss out on a vacation. Fear prevents us from giving. So in the gospel passage today, Jesus said, do not be afraid, little flock. Sell your possessions and give alms. Do you know the command that is most frequently given in the Bible? The most frequent command in the whole Bible is do not be afraid. Do not be so afraid that it prevents you from living generously. We may think that if we can just get a lifetime worth of stuff, if we just get enough money, we can be secure and we can do away with our fears. But Jesus calls us to think about our possessions very differently. Think about the Lord's Prayer and what we pray. We pray that God give us 
this day our daily bread, not a week's worth of bread, not enough bread to last us a month or even a lifetime, but we just pray that we have enough. Similarly, when Moses was leading the Israelites through the wilderness towards the promised land, he told them that each morning they would find manna on the ground, almost like little breadcrumbs, and they could eat this and it would sustain them during their journey. But they were instructed when they found this manna on the ground in the morning to only get the food they needed for that day. If they gathered manna that they planned to eat the following day, it would rot and they would find maggots in it. You see, there's a level of trust, a level of faith that's required of us if we are to learn that we don't need an overabundance of everything. We just need enough. And Jesus is telling us to practice letting go of things. Sell some of your possessions. Give alms. And as I said, giving is not just about money. We're also called to give of our whole selves, to give of our time and our wisdom, to give of our concern for others. Think about it. Is there an organization that you could volunteer for? I know you could go, you could go volunteer at the bookstore right here. Would you be willing to mentor someone at your company? Or would you even just give up some time to sit and listen to someone who's gotten a terrible diagnosis and needs to process their feelings? Our calendars should be fuller because of our commitment to give of our time to others. And frankly, our bank accounts should be a little emptier because of our commitment to give in support of our community and those around us. We need to understand our responsibility to help care for all our neighbors. A couple of years ago, I, I went to England and I visited the church that C.S. Lewis had worshipped at. And I heard a bunch of stories about C.S. Lewis. At one point, he was apparently walking down the street with one of his very good friends. And a man in tattered clothes came up to C.S. Lewis and asked him if he could give him a couple pounds. C.S. Lewis very generously gave this man even more than he had asked for. But as soon as this man walked away, C.S. Lewis's friend turned to him and said, don't you know he's just going to waste that money on alcohol and cigarettes? C.S. Lewis looked at his friend and said, what do you think I had planned to do with it? C.S. Lewis was phenomenally generous through his whole life. He understood this call that we're not to try to accumulate and guard as much stuff as we can, but we're called to be giving away to others. When I was in Texas, I, I once heard that wealth is like manure. When it's kept in a big pile, it stinks, but when it's spread around, it helps create growth and vibrancy. In the passage we read from Genesis today, God calls to Abraham, 
who at the time is just known as Abram, Abraham's story will last the next 13 chapters of the book of Genesis. That's a full quarter of a very large book of the Bible. Abraham we still look to as one of our spiritual progenitors. We even today talk about the Abrahamic religions, Judaism and Christianity and Islam. And in this very first encounter that God has with Abraham, this first time that God calls to him, God explains why he is creating a relationship with Abraham. God says, I will bless you. But God doesn't stop there. He goes on and says, so that you will be a blessing. And that's the framework that we need to think about our possessions. If we find ourselves blessed with an abundance of money or time or wealth, we're not meant to hoard this. We're called to discern how much is enough, what is our daily bread, and then we are called to give out of our abundance. God says to you and to me the same thing that God said to Abraham, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing, so that you will bless others, so that you will bless your community, so that you will bless your neighbors. So what would it look like if you took seriously, if I took seriously, God's call to give? What impact would that have? What impact would it have if our whole church took seriously this call to generosity, not only giving of our money, but giving of our time to serve those around us, giving of our wisdom to guide organizations. Can you imagine how different our neighborhoods would look? Really think about it. Can you imagine how different our city would be? There's a wonderful Jewish parable about a man who asks God to show him heaven and hell. God shows the man two doors. He brings the man into the first room, and there in the middle of a room is a large round table with a giant pot of stew sitting at the center. All around it are people who are sick and thinly, people who look emaciated. Each person sitting around this large table has a very long spoon that they've been given. The end of the spoon has been strapped to each person's wrist. The spoon is long enough that they can reach the stew at the center of the table, but the, the spoon is too long for them to turn around and get it into their mouth. And God shows this man the room and then says, this is hell. And then God brings the man into a second room and he says, this is heaven. The second room looked exactly like the first, the same large round table and pot of stew at the center, and everyone gathered around the table with the long spoons strapped to their wrists. But in this room, the people were well-nourished, and they were laughing, and they were enjoying each other's company. And the man said to God, I don't understand. And God said, it's a simple difference between the first room and this room. The people in this room learn to take their spoons, 
dip them into the stew, and then feed the person across the table from them. You see, generosity, giving of our whole selves, our time, our money, our experience, our wisdom, that is the difference between heaven and hell. That could fundamentally change this city in which we live. So on this second Sunday in our series on the vital signs of the faith, I invite you to take some time this week and pray about how much you give. Pray about how you could practice living on enough. Pray about what is your daily bread. After all, in the gospel reading today, Jesus told us that it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God has given us all so much. He has blessed all of us so richly. Are we willing to give of ourselves to those around us? Amen.